let's talk about what's going on at the box office. Some, uh, I don't know if surprises are the right word, but I didn't think that this film was going to be on the tippity top. Reggie, I, tell me about this. I, I, I did. I actually thought it would because, you know, it's really a reboot of the, the whole Predator franchise. Um, and it's gotten rebooted a number of times. It, 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 it has. Did um, Alien show up on this one too? No, 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 no Alien. But <laughs> they they had some. So I, I I said this before. I think I said this last week. I think they did a lot of things right in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean the 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 story kind of works for me about a rogue alien, the the fights and and the the different kind of aliens that come come to Earth. Um, the characters seem interesting. They set it up for like a series, so that this is you know this is not the f- the first one. I, for all intents and purposes, you say, man, this should work. For me, it didn't work. It wasn't as interesting. It didn't capture me. the The characters, uh, I, I didn't bond. I personally didn't bond with the characters, but I felt that because they, uh, it's a solid made movie that it would do okay at the box office and it did it did close to about 25 million dollars did you see this one Matt? I did not but I saw the film at number two right under the predator which is the nun <laughs> dun, dun, dun. and I didn't think it was scary at all but I, I really which enjoyed which is weird because did you go to Catholic school like I do because just the premise alone is well, the pre- yeah, if it was a real nun exactly if it was the nun like Meryl Streep in doubt that's one thing but this one I mean the nun was super scary and conjuring too that was a really they used her so well mm-hmm. and in this one it's just a cartoon and she just looks like the penguin's mom basically that's well, it. Well, that's well, well Matt 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 obviously is all alone because oh, were the, you scared by the nun? The, really? Firstly I'm I'm scared every time I go to see any of these scary movies. I I have uh, intentionally decided not to go to a scary movie with Jill because mm. I don't want her to think that I'm coming on to her because she and I I would be in her seat. Yeah. I'd be like, "Oh my god, no, no." And she's like, "Reggie, stop." Uh, but it was number one at the box office last uh, week. I mean, it, I'm it, happy for it because I it, like all the people involved. I just, I just wanted to be scared. And it, I wasn't. It, it broke a lot of records. People really liked it. But obviously, the word, you're probably right, mm. is because the word of mouth on this one must have been poor. And the reason I say that is that this film dropped 66% from, oh. from last week. Almost that, 666. Almost. Oh, uh, oh boy. But it was 661. So, you know, we were, five, we, were, we were five clicks, five clicks away from that. Oh, my goodness. So, 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 so uh, you know, so obviously uh, the word of mouth on this wasn't yeah. that great because yeah. it killed at the box office the that first week and then dropping 66% mm-hmm. is a lot. Uh, number three at the, at the box office is a simple favor and i like this mm. i i like this movie you saw it no i've heard it's very good though. yeah i mm-hmm. i like this and i liked it a lot like uh, it's kind of gone girl but sort of tongue-in-cheek yeah, gone girl yeah sort. yeah, yeah. It, oh, it, with anna kendrick she's i told you she i told you i am now in love it's that <laughs> anna kendrick she really does this i mean she was fantastic in this one and it's so funny because she's doing these these mom blog things and and in the process of doing them, she's telling the story of her best friend who asks her for a simple favor. So I, I, I like this one, and um, I, I hope more people go out to see it because $16 million is really not a lot of money for, for, for this film. There's not a whole lot. I mean, of course, there's a whole lot of money, but like comparatively, the, the top five movies, these numbers aren't like... 
summertime boffo numbers, and they're no. not like Oscar mm-hmm. bait. Numbers. This is the quiet just, period, yeah. really kind of between. It's sort of the, the quiet period in between those two. It, it, it is the quiet uh, period in between. I, I, last week when when I was on without Matt, so I'm so glad Matt's here. Is that people were talking Matt about how. Um, they're tired of all these big blockbusters and superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is about that time when they kind of throw in or sprinkle some of these other movies that yeah. you kind of want to see, would you say? Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of big hits on Netflix that are just kind of the modestly scaled sort of films that you would normally have seen in a theater. Like my mm-hmm. first date movie and t- as a teenager was A Walk to Remember. You know, oh it's gosh. like, is there anything more modestly scaled than that? that? But it's like adorable. there's less and less <laughs> space on multiplex screens for films of that variety. Yeah, and so people are really complaining about that. Yeah. And then our uh, White Boy Rick. Yes. Uh, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so White Boy Rick came in at 8, and then um, yeah. I said, man, hey, did you see uh, Crazy Rich I, Asians? There's and so much I so still I need to see. So I am going to like... personally take Matt to see <laughs> Let's Crazy do it. Rich oh Asians. Oh, my God. Let's do please, it. Like, please take selfies in the movie theater. <laughs> he has to go with me to I want to see a feel-good movie, and I hear that, and that's one of the reasons why I think this is having such an appeal. Is people just want to see an enjoyable escapist film. Right? It, it's, so. it's, it's, so much, it's so much fun, and, I, and, and it has a good story as yeah. As well, with that, that's really the box office. And since we have Matt in, I know you have plenty of questions for him. Jill. I do. We've all been pretty down in the dumps lately. The world mm-hmm. is a hard place, and so when this trailer came out, it brought the smiles. Yes. Who came back? You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really, one never discusses a woman's age. Michael would have hoped I taught you better. What brings you here after all this time? Same thing that brought me the first time. I've come to look after the bank's children. Us? Oh, yes, you too. We're about to lose our home. Everything's fallen to pieces since your mother. It's a good thing you come along when you did, Mary Poppins. Oh, it's so magical. Disney is releasing uh, their Mary Poppins sequel, which is kind of uh, an interesting phrase to say in 2018. Uh, And we want to talk all about it. Well, I want to talk all about it. I I do too. I do too. (laughs) Mary Poppins, the 1964 uh, Disney film. I think it's the greatest film Disney ever made. the, The Disney Studios ever made. I think it is the just kind of complete, just epic sort of a portrait of what Disney Studios was best at, you know, yeah. was just really experimenting, pushing the form, pushing like like effects, and but really having a story that involved the children so much that when I was a kid watching it, I felt like I was with the Banks children, just going on all these adventures with them. Like you yeah. just watch it again and again because you want to just oh yeah, when they go into the chalk drawing, when they yes. go into this, and. Julie Andrews, I mean, I mean that Love performance, chef's kiss. that one, and then The Sound of Music, where I'll be seeing that in 70mm tomorrow at the Music Box. Those two performances, I don't think anyone could have given, anyone before her or after her could have given performances like that, because there's nothing about her work in that that is that 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 feels cheap or sentimental it's just there's such a genuineness to her so, so that I, I think is incredible I, man I, see i keep telling you jill you don't need me <laughs> that, that, matt dead on mm-hmm. and and as you were talking about mary poppins mm-hmm. i start to f- feel like like I was watching the movie mm-hmm. because I remember watching it uh, on the floor at nineteen uh, at uh, at uh, at thirty three fifty nine South uh, South uh, Calumet uh. Uh, and with my brothers and sisters looking 
at the screen and feeling like I knew these yes. kids. Yeah. Is that they that we were all together? I, and they it, felt like real kids. It, they, they just felt they like felt, unaffected real. They kids. felt like real kids. Yes, and, unmannered. And, and and I was transported there. Mm-hmm. That 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 not that I knew these kids, but that I that I was transported there, and it was it was just yeah. so delightful. I. I don't know how many times it came on, but however many times it came on, yeah. I think yes. we all sat at the at the television mm-hmm. and just watched it. And, and the physical comedy of Dick Van Dyke was never done better than in that film. Oh I mean, gosh. it's it's incredible. And and as a kid, I didn't know that it wasn't just him as the chimney sweep, the big rubbery bodied chimney sweep, but he was the old banker. He's the old banker, Mr. Dawes, and with with all the old man makeup, and he's so good in that. It's no, an incredible. Fan- it's like fantastic. method acting, like it level, is. incredible. So when this trailer happened, and and you. See <laughs> And they're like going through, starring Emily Bunt mm-hmm. and Colin Firth, and here's Meryl Streep, Lin Manuel Miranda, Miranda as the chimney sweep. I thought that was a good choice. And then they're like, and Dick Van Dyke, and he looks exactly as he did as the banker in the '60s. Like yes. they put on that old man makeup when I was a kid. Oh, he looks great. I wanted to get married to Dick Van Dyke and Gene <laughs> Kelly. Those were my those are my husbands. Well, Laura, Laura, Laura was mine. So. so. So I, I I wanted Dick Van Dyke to leave uh, uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Moore. I was like, come on! Oh, yeah. I was glad they didn't sleep in the same bed. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. But when Dick Van Dyke jumps on this desk, and Dick Van Dyke is he's in his nineties, old right? He's now. in his nineties, but he's still so limber. It's incredible. I've seen other people upload uh, YouTube videos. Oh, I saw Dick Van Dyke in the restaurant. He started dancing. Started singing along. <laughs> That's just kind of how he is. And they, no, he's he's up there on the, on the table dancing in this trailer. So I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. The one. Danger sign is it's Rob Marshall, who's a decent director. My favorite thing he did was Chicago back in yeah. 2002. But he did Into the Woods, which I thought was, wasn't the most inspired rendition. I real, But I, at least in this trailer, you really see there is an effort to somehow you know, recreate the aesthetic of what made that 64 yeah. film so good. Yeah, so. It, it, and and the trailer, you're right. From from the trailer, mm-hmm. it says this is going to be worth watching. Yeah. Just, just from the yeah. trailer. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, I'm, I don't know if he wrote any of the songs, but like just him in there would is, is very encouraging in terms of what the musical aspect of this could, yeah, could be. Yeah, I don't think he would, so. even if he didn't write the songs, he's not showing up on set unless no. you come correct. No, <laughs> absolutely. And then you Angela Lansbury help. shows up. I mean, oh you know, God. there's a whole lot. To be looking forward to. I was that. I was telling my husband about this because when he was a kid, they watched the movie every day. His mom would sing him Mary Poppins songs as he fell asleep. It's a very adorable scene. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling it. I'm like, and then the Banks <laughs> children live together because Michael's wife died, and then their <laughs> children are together. He's like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> I can't wait. It comes out uh, in mid December of yes. this year, and I'm so glad that they put that trailer out when they did because if they had like put it, you know how they do like. Hey, Christmas 2022. Yeah, here's the trailer for this, and now you have to wait. Yes, and you forget, Mm -hmm. and then you get reminded again, and then your hopes get up, and then you forget. Yeah. So I'm ready for this. No, this is our Christmas present this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one, Uh, and and I know um, my my uh, older uh, daughters will be home, but that they'll want to go with me to see this. Yes, and Julie Andrews has approved, you know, the choice of uh, Emily Emily Blunt. She's like, yes, I think that's a good fit. I think it looks like a good fit. I think no one can have. Andrew's voice, but you can at least have the spirit of it, you know. Absolutely, yeah. and I was totally, full disclosure, ready to just be a total hater <laughs> on this, but yes. the trailer made me so happy. Me too. Now there's another movie coming out sooner than that that's uh, quite a bit different. Let's hear it from Fahrenheit 11.9. Yeah. How the f- did this happen? The American dream is dead. Stop resisting. 
The president's powers here are beyond question. Ladies and gentlemen, the last president of the United States. Another optimistic rom-com from Michael Moore. <laughs> uh, filmmaker Michael Moore is examining the current state of American politics, yes. uh, particularly the Donald Trump administration, gun violence, and he's highlighting the power of grassroots democratic movements in a film called Fahrenheit 11.9. And I imagine that it's just going to be the subtle, really <laughs> right. just like even-handed. It's thing as subtle like- as the political <laughs> landscape has been since Trump's, uh, you know, since Trump's rise. Basically, I think this is an incredibly important film, and it's not just for political reasons and the fact that I may be, you know, left-leaning in my views. It's the fact that he really captures. The reality of what's happening, not just on the Republican side, but on the Democratic side. He he has he says the Democrats are just as much to blame for the modern chaos. And what what's so powerful about it, I think, is that, you know, if you go all the way back to Roger and me, you know, the film that launched his career, Flint, Michigan has always been the center of his, you know, his sort of w- way of looking point. at America. This is the, like the middle America, the middle class, you know, like, you know, you know, the working class environment that has just been systematically destroyed by you know so many forces in our society so many of the, the the corporate forces so much of that is just dividing people and just making making the economic divide just wider and wider and in this film it's really the the, the linking narrative thread in this isn't just trump it is the flint water crisis the flint water crisis is, is takes up the majority of the screen time in this and it really becomes a microcosm for what Trump is really wanting to do to the country in general. And it's really about the death of democracy. It really kind of takes, makes you not take democracy for granted as much as I sort of did, you know, growing up. It's like, this is a very tenuous thing. The instant that we, you know, reject certain principles that are supposed to be what American identity is all about, you know, that can all just go away. And, you know, and, and all, you know, regardless of what your political affiliation is, I think it's at least, it's a film that is worth debating, worth seeing, and really goes hand in hand with this other film I reviewed for the Ebert side called Active Measures that was all making its case for how the Russians hacked the election. And John McCain was interviewed for that film. He's mm-hmm. a huge part of it. And they interviewed him, you know, a few months before his death. And I just if you kind of put Active Measures and Fahrenheit 11.9 in a double bill, it's the it's the perfect double bill to see before the midterms. Everybody go see the movie and yes. then register to vote and yes. then go vote. Yes. I'm joined by two faves, our senior film correspondents, Reggie Ponder and Matt Fagerholm. Uh, Welcome back to the studio. I'm so happy that you can both be here. Uh, And I hope that we all run into each other at some point at the Music Box Theater, one of the the most lovely (laughs) movie houses in the city. They're having their 70 millimeter film festival. And I would love just a very quick primer on what makes films on 70 millimeter Tape Come on, special. Matt. Tell, oh, us what, man. tell us why it looks so good it's, on the screen. I mean, it's better than any kind of digital, you know, screen you can look at at home because it's, first of all, it's a towering screen. They bring in a bigger screen just for the 70 millimeter festival. I did and, not know that. And, it, and the picture quality, it's so sharp. You, you see things in films you've seen a hundred times at home, uh, you know, on TV that it's like that you never see. It's like watching a film for the first time. I saw Patton there last weekend and it was just astonishing, just blew you away. Just, just the little details 
details, the little details that you wouldn't even think about. Uh, that, that just that just actually changed the, the the scope of the story. It actually deepens your understanding of the story and and the craft that went into it. Uh, I'm I'm seeing the Dark Crystal Me tomorrow. Too. I'm going next week. Oh yeah, so, and it's so, Jim Henson and Frank Oz, uh, and then uh, Sound of Music, and then 2001: A Space Odyssey. I mean, it's just it's. I just saw John Carpenter's The Thing a few days ago. Mm. I mean, they have a great lineup. So so here's my question, man. Yes. So everybody's you know um, the theaters are making more IMAX theaters, mm -hmm. and you know, we're seeing more things in 3D. Talk to me about how this is different. Yes. Seventy millimeters. It's it, it's the clearest possible picture that you can get. It's the it's the lenses they're using. There's there's these deep focus you know films where it's like you can see things in the background. It's so sharp. It's incredible. Like what well, the, the the ultimate seventy millimeter experience is watching Lawrence of Arabia. The scene where Omar Sharif is like a is like a, just basically he's like a mirage mm -hmm, that is mm -hmm. just coming out at you from from the far distance. And when you see that in seventy millimeter, you just feel like you're right there. Feel like in you're the right desert. there. The the clarity of just that tiny little figure. I feel like you can just enter the screen. Wow. So that is how good it is. So if it's so awesome, why don't they make every absolutely? Movie like that? It, well, it, it's it, it, it's it's the expensive. It's the cost of the film. You only have people on the caliber, you know, and and the budget. You know, Kate Billy, someone like Christopher Nolan when he released Dunkirk, and and when I saw Dunkirk in IMAX, it, it was the greatest IMAX experience uh, it, it, in my it life. It was so Easily. it looked so good. So I have yes. not. But this on seventy, but that on, he put that on seventy millimeter, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it will look. Even better mm -hmm. than IMAX. I mean, it's, it's it's different experiences, but I think I think they're just as effective in different ways. Like when I saw Dunkirk in seventy millimeter at the music box, people were ducking the bullets. <laughs> when okay. was having, it's like you, you just feel like you are in it, you know, in a way you don't in a normal theater. And I can't imagine a better uh, environment to see some of these great films. You've got things like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, it's, it's incredible. A Space oh, incredible in 70 millimeters. It's that amazing. That thing would look good on like a, a viewfinder. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Kubrick and it's 50 years work. old. 50 years old, it still looks amazing. It's amazing. Silverado, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. the best Indiana Jones. Because of Sean Connery's because of Sean chemistry Connery. with Harrison Ford. Star fantastic. Trek VI, the third best Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> the remains of the day. So much great films, and this is going on until next week, yes. the twenty seventh. And so please see the Dark Crystal. That one, can't wait. that that was Jim Henson's favorite thing he made. It was a totally a total departure from his comedic Muppet films, and it's a, it's a really visionary fantasy that is entirely populated by puppets. And I, mean, I think seeing it on the big screen, it's just gonna blow your mind even more what they pulled off in that thing. So. Oh man, I can't yeah. wait. Go yeah. to musicboxtheater.com for more info on that. It's 9.53 on the morning app, powered by Vocalo. Reggie Ponder is here. Matt Fagerholm's here. I'm here. It's me, Jill Hopkins. <laughs> I am, uh, I, I know, I, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh no, I know, I know what we could talk about, Reggie. Yeah, what do you want I, to talk I mean, about, and, and it's, again, it's not coming out for a little bit. It's coming, I think it's October 5th, this movie's coming That'll out. That'll be here, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be your yeah. fest. And this, it's already played festivals, got some reviews out, so I think we can talk a bit about this. So, Reggie, oh, you want to yeah. take take the Look, beginning of this? I had the pleasure of going to see A Star is Born. Uh, Matt actually, see, see, Matt has all these great, <laughs> great uh, um, history facts. I, I was like, okay, here's the fourth version of a movie. Do I really, really want to go? Matt says, no, 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 no. This it's the, the, this fifth, the fifth. It's the fifth version. <laughs> I did not know that. So so, so talk about that, Matt. Yeah, I mean, there there were these older versions of A Star is Born. I, I think there's two. I think it was, it was What Price Hollywood? And it was like 1937 Star is Born. But then the one that people really remembered 
was uh, the 1954 Stars the Born with Judy Garland, which is I, I think that's her greatest performance oh, easily. I'm I'm uh, a Chris Christopherson, Barbara oh, Streisand. Oh, so you're actually a fan myself. of that one? See, yeah. I never really fan grew up is, that one. Is so. a little generous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I like. Both I mean, Christopherson's yeah. really good. At yeah, that. yeah. yeah. He, is. he is. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I mean, think of those. Think of the caliber that Streisand, Garland, like they they pick iconic singers of that period. They're representative of the period. To, to reenact the story, but the reason why it's worth remaking is because these are universal topics about universal topics. the role of drugs and show business enabling. I mean, that, that's that can be applicable to any era, and it's just how you play those same notes, which is a line from the movie. How so, you play those same notes in a different so way. So what's so interesting about this is that it played at it has played at a couple of festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw it, um, Bradley Cooper actually was there to yep. be interviewed, and he talked about a, a, it's, 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 some of this stuff is just amazing. Firstly, his performance in it for me, before I even talk about what he did to to do this type of performance his performance is really good i think it's the best he's it, done on it, film definitely. his performance is really good and then when you look at a lady gaga mm-hmm. you say if you didn't like her oh my god before you love her now i said that, <laughs> i was always a fan now i'm a serious fan that, of lady gaga that she, this movie. <laughs> she brings it yes. i mean she really brings it to the table and and the emotion the first half of this movie for me is so emotional. I mean, I'm 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 getting tears mm-hmm. over here. I mean, I'm I'm getting chills when she gets ready to sing. Mm-hmm. The relationship between the two. I mean, it's the type of love relationship that you want to see. Uh, there's so much, so much mm-hmm. uh, that's so fantastic about it. And then you learn uh, the the back the backstory. Cooper had this movie for uh, uh, Bradley Cooper was working on this movie I think for four or five years he started learning the guitar himself so he played the guitar mm-hmm. he learned the guitar all the singing is live in all the, film. the singing is live yeah. um, his singing is him singing mm-hmm. he, he co-wrote wrote, a number of the songs he with, co-wrote with some, Gaga some of the songs this is a <laughs> thoroughly enjoying film it's 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 a uh, dramatic it's a uh, sad it's um uh, it's hopeful. Mm-hmm. It's it's loving. It's all the types of things that you would want in a movie. Yeah. This is my kind of movie. I really like. Yes, this and one. and Cooper. I mean, I think he's. I think he's an even better director. Then this is the first thing he's directed. But I was like, I, I'm stunned at how good of a director he is in this because he really makes you feel like you are in the moment. You're totally in the moment. He gets the same cinematographer who did like Black Swan and stuff. Where you just you're just following behind the characters. All of the music scenes are on the stage, so you are just there with the performers. I've never seen musical sequences done quite like that and Lady Gaga's going to get an Oscar nomination she's oh, going to deserve it there's, there's I'll just no, say that because I, I think it's obvious she's, she's going to get a Best Actress she, nomination she, she will and yep. to to put in the type of performance that she put in Jill mm-hmm. is um, it's actually astounding to tell the truth mm-hmm. is that uh, because she has to do a lot more than sing a lot more to sing to really carry this off, and you don't just feel emotions when she's singing. That's it's, right. It's, I mean, she, you feel it throughout the whole performance. Oh, yeah. oh, the, and and there, uh, the 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 um, the other characters in the film uh, do a, the supporting characters oh, yeah. do a really great job. Her friend in that one who introduces her oh, to yeah. Bradley Cooper, I, I like him. I, yes. I like him a lot, and I like the 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 role in which he played. Mm-hmm. Her father about being better than yeah, Sinatra. Andrew Dice Clay, I, uh, Sam Elliott, Dave Chappelle. It's a fantastic. Oh, oh ensemble. Dave Chappelle, yeah. I, I, and I love. It, it was like Dave Chappelle was talking about his life. Yes, yeah, like yeah. his own life yes. in, in the movie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about it more, and maybe when we when it comes up, we have to. This break, will be a break. major player in the Oscars. This, this will no be a major player. We'll no talk doubt. about it. 
again in a couple of weeks. We'll have you both back. I thank you both so much for joining me. Always so much fun. It's my pleasure to welcome you. If you would like to follow both of these gentlemen's work, you can go to reggieponder.com or rogerebert.com or indie-outlook.com. Thank you both so much. Thank you.